Creating an abundance mentality, becoming the Kobe Bryant of your company, and building your brand as if your life depended on it. Welcome to episode 39 with the co-founder of I Come Up, Cody Kern. You are listening to Len Jones Party of Two, where experts and influencers speak honestly and openly about their keys to success. Sponsored by TrueFace.ai, where your face is the key. For more information on TrueFace, please contact your host at ian at trueface.ai. Now, pay close attention, because you're going to learn today. What up, what up, party people? It is a damn good day to have a damn good day. And a good reminder that success takes courage. Throwing yourself into situations that could potentially create success is a scary thing. Our psyche is trained to do what is safe to survive. The human condition of fight or flight can cause tons of humans to retreat versus attack. Training your psyche to attack fear by putting yourself in uncomfortable, scary, stressful situations will eventually make you numb to the fear. Upon defeating fear, it's safe to say that you will unlock a human superpower that is inside all of us. This so-called superpower is what gives entrepreneurs the edge and puts themselves into situations where they can be successful. You will see exactly what I'm talking about after today's episode. And if you're new to the podcast, our mission here is twofold. To educate aspiring entrepreneurs by dissecting the come-up stories of incredible humans by extracting the golden nuggets that you can apply now to better your life. And second, to have all my friends in life that are making moves, to meet my other friends in life making moves, to create one giant community of extraordinary people. Today's episode is extraordinary in many ways. Some shocking stats. Cody Kearns is just 24 years old and is the co-founder of I Come Up, which has already done over 5 million in sales. His company helps entrepreneurs develop their brands and host amazing events. I've known Cody for a pretty long time now, and he's always had an insane drive and desire, but he never really had the right vehicle to funnel that into. After moving for a job he didn't get, Cody found himself hustling his face off just to put food on the table. After experiencing how valuable it is to create a brand, Cody focused heavily on building his. He tells a story how he sort of stumbled upon the idea for his company by proving that it already worked for himself. On today's episode, we discuss killing your ego and creating an abundance mentality, how to become the number one star on your team, the importance of having clearly defined goals, common mistakes made when building your brand, and the highs and the lows of the entrepreneurial roller coaster. Now, if you know somebody that needs that extra kick in the ass to quit living small and to follow their dreams, then you owe it to them to share this podcast. Who knows? Might change their life. And so, without further ado, let's jump into it and we're live with the man the myth the legend mr cody kearns cody how you doing homie ian i'm excited to be on here man it's been a while dude it's been a like long. we said ain't, ain't nothing changed still the same two dudes just grinding dude it's crazy same game same hustle different grind and you've been a freaking ble- like just such an inspiration. You know, I've been watching on the sidelines, just watching, watching the come up of I come up and a fire name, fire name. Appreciate that. When did you think about that? Like, just think about the so, name. So itself. I can't take full, full credit for it just because of like the moral inside of me. It'd be easy for me too. But I actually, um, you know, someone I used to work with, he and I were sitting down and we were just talking and going back and forth about names and what we wanted to re- want the name to represent and I come up just each individual I has their unique come up. So yeah. that's kind of where it stemmed from. Um, and the name is stuck. I've had some people say, Oh, it's not professional. Oh, it's not corporate. Oh, it's not this or that, but everyone's got opinion on it. So I've only heard good opinions. I've just heard yeah. straight, straight fire, just great yeah. name. And it gets to the point of what you guys are actually trying to accomplish, but you've always been a hustler, man. You've always been, you know, 
just grinding, getting it serious, like dreaming, believing, you know, we were lucky enough to be in direct sales at an early age that really built this crazy network of just entrepreneurial minded people that I think really just put everybody in that company a little bit of an edge above everyone else. Um, yeah, I mean, the mental game. I mean, there were moments where I'm sure when we were 19, 20 years old, like, am I going insane right now? All of the knowledge and things you're learning, you, you're like in bed at night, it's one in the morning, you're like, am I going crazy or is everyone else crazy? Right. Right. Yeah. Am I giving up drinking and partying to go drive four hours to some person's living room? <laughs> to hope that one day it pays off. Right. It's crazy. And that's the, that's entrepreneurship in the shell, but that excitement and that enthusiasm on the journey. I mean, that's what, that's like the essence of life. That's what brings us so much passion and joy. And whenever I see you, whenever I see your stories, whenever I see your social media, your team, it just seems like you're always just have this great energy about you. Like someone, like a little kid just living his dream, making moves, having fun. And dude, I come up, you become the titans of the online branding world. I mean, that's crazy. Your connections that you've made just must have, must blow you away. Yeah. And I mean, I'm the last person that every day I'm just like feeling it and grooving and ready to go. I'm pretty um, up and down with like my you know, how I feel on a day-to-day -day basis. But it's like even people in the fitness space, I guess it's the easiest thing to compare to is they don't want to lift every single day, man. Right. They really don't. And, and people wonder, oh, how can they get so big? How are they so strong? Dude, they're just putting in the action and the work every single day, whether they feel like it or not. So, you know, it's like instead of the partying and the drugs, my addiction has become getting new business, making new connections and growing, growing a business. And I've become overly obsessed with making it happen. You know, in terms of finding direction into like you just mentioned those times where some people don't want to work and they or, or they might not know what to do. They want to work. They just don't know what work is good work that's going to move the needle. Do you ever find inspiration in any certain place that kind of helps you get out of a funk when you're like in a rut and trying to decide what is going to actually move the needle for the whole company, for the whole team? Yeah, it's funny because a lot of times we feel like we have to look outwards to get motivation or watch a YouTube video or uh, reach out to someone and act like they really care about how we feel. And, you know, very little people really care how you feel. Let's be honest, like your mom and maybe one or two of your good friends that are your business partners. I've just realized, you know, over the last year or two that it all comes from within and you have to overcome it yourself. There is no magic potion to sip on. Um, there is no video that's gonna give you motivation or desire to continue to win for an extended period of time. That's all just so uh, like short-lived, you know? Watch a video, get all hyped, do a bunch of work, write down a bunch of stuff. It's like, that's not really work, you know? Mm. So I've just recently just tried to look inwards and figure out why am I feeling like that? Why? How can I feel right? What actions did I do in the past that made me feel good and fulfilled? And I just try and refine that process so that I'm like, uh, like shortening the width of my path so that the shorter, the, the tighter the path gets, the more, the less off course that I will go. Right. And when I'm off course is when I'm not feeling the top of my game, you know, and when you're on course and when you're feeling good and when you're thriving, you know, you're right on that path and you feel great. Yeah, dude, that's amazing. You're working on you. It's everyone has to remember it's a self journey, you know, in terms of just becoming a better you. I think the mind is such a crazy thing. 
I was speaking to a friend, Mike Valor. I'm sure you might have heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's a great dude. Yeah. And, and he was just talking about how, you know, people get so upset when they try meditating and they don't figure it out in the first 10, 15, 20 minutes. And then we get pissed off like it's not working. And it's like your mind is the most hard beast to conquer throughout your whole life. And if you're not working on that thing, if you're not building it like a weightlifter builds his muscle, what are you doing? So like, I, I really like what you're talking about, being able to grow your mind, get it to the position where you're able to handle these pressures. And in terms of every level has a new devil, right? Has each level really taken a whole new, oh, has, yeah. have you okay. had an upgrade to the occasion? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, if your goal is to truly build something, you're going to have, you know, one person relying on you to start. First of all, and if you're going to build something, you need people to rely on you. You have to be the one that shows up every day and produces to allow someone else to come in the opportunity and put them on their feet. And what does that come down to? Money. So that's the real pressure in everybody's life is money. And people beat around it, right? So when you're talking about meditation and all this, it's like, I know meditation is good, but don't get lost and caught up in just thinking that because I feel good, everything's going to happen, Right. I think it's a good part. Um, and yeah, every level, I mean, shit, man. Every week now at this point, there's $25,000 that I need to pay out no matter what happens just to keep the ship floating. Mm -hmm. And beyond just a money value, what does that mean? That means 15 to 20 people every week are relying on this company for their food, for their rent, for their family, for their bills. I mean, for everything. And every level I've gone up, more people have said things that are so questionable. Like, did you really just say that to me? The right. skin, your skin has to get so thick as you continue to climb up because as you climb up, that circle is going to get smaller and smaller every single time. And there's only going to be so many people that you can go to and bounce ideas off of and get good vibes from, you know? So you probably become really good at figuring people out or getting a good, good read on people at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of times when people say things to you or they're hating or they're frustrated or whatever, it's, it's all so surface level. And I've been the worst with trying to not let it affect me emotionally. Right. Because 90% of the time, dude, it's not even emotional. They're just being a human being spewing whatever comes off their mind. And as long as you can just contain it and just bring it back down more than not, it's all good. Right. But so many times I would just combat and want to spark and want to fight because that's what I think humans want to do is if someone comes at you, you have your opinion, their opinion. It's just kind of the type of person I am where I'm not going to be, you know, soft or back down. And I don't think that it is soft when you back down. I think it's just, you need to understand where that person is coming from, why they're frustrated. It could be something that doesn't even relate to you. It could be their situation. They could be doing this. They could have had something happen. And then that energy is coming into your life and you just have to bundle it. The more you go up, the more energy, energy you're going to deal with. And you just got to know that it's not always your fault, right? Which I took, you know, offensively for so long. Like, oh, you think it's my fault, right? Right. So yeah, every level definitely comes with more responsibility, uh, more pressure and just uh, more. Po it's, it's, and I don't want to be negative too, because as you go up, a lot of positives happen too. You meet a lot of great people a lot of great relationships, great networks. But on the flip side, you're also going to deal with, you know, just some things that might overwhelm a lot of people. Right. And there's a lot of fires that happen in a startup. 
And I was speaking with my friend, Dan, um, Dan Hunt. He was the ex-CEO of Mass Roots. Uh, they raised $42 million in the cannabis industry. Uh, and they've went through a roller coaster of ups and downs, took the company public very early on, which is a very strange thing to do for a company that small at that time. Overall, it was a success. But he talked about how as a first-time founder, he would get so caught up in some of like the everyday fires and the stress that would come with that. And like, you got to just get to a point where in startups, you have to understand there's always going to be fires. There's always going to be things happening. And it's not the point where you go, oh, we start freaking out. You just think about it. Okay, this is normal. What are we going to do to fix it? Do you feel like your ability to manage fires has increased as time's gone on? Uh, yes, but I've found people that are better than me at putting out the fires. Because again, I know what my weakness is. And you know the saying, it's uh, people, what do they say? It's like, um, whatever you're not good at, like try and find it and become better at it. I don't know the exact saying. I think it's the opposite. And some other people in the entrepreneur space have said that. Like, why would you focus on what you're not good at? I'm not patient with people. I want to naturally combat because I'm so emotionally involved in what I'm doing. And I give it my all every day that when things aren't going right, it affects my psyche. Whereas if I can delegate that to somebody else who's good at it and good with dealing with people and isn't as emotionally involved, they're a better firefighter than I am. And in return, they get paid, you know, to handle those, those small little fires and obviously other things. So that's another important thing is like, you can't be scared to delegate things. You know, Uh, a lot of people I know in startups have trouble like letting go of things or I don't know if they're scared to pay people or they just want it to be perfect, but you'll never scale up if you're going to try and do everything. So yeah, outsource your weaknesses. Exactly. And I like to keep those, those important outsources very close as in, in my office, you know, so I can still be present, but not directly in that, that fire. Huge. That's huge. So let's like circle back real quick. And for everyone listening in, can you kind of give the, a, a brief background of the story of I come up in terms of like from, from initiation to idea, like what some of those stages looked like, and then maybe just an overview of what I come up does? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess flashback to April 2015, I was interviewing for a job with Grant Cardone down here in South Florida. Uh, I didn't get the interview the same day. I went, I went to my friend's apartment and I said, Okay, well, I just dropped everything in my life to try and get that job. I didn't get it. What are we going to do? And we sat there. And first of all, if you're trying to think of an idea or think of something, it's not always going to be what you love to do or what you think would be great. It's no, what will the market think is great? Where is a problem? Where is an opportunity within the market for you to come in and be able to monetize it too? Not just have a great idea or launch an app or launch this massive training platform, even though you've never trained anyone, right? I see this happening a lot, like a lot, a lot. I think that coming up with an original idea and making it unique is so rare these days, man. Everyone's trying to copy and rip off of each other. And you see who the OGs are, the people that are coming up with original ideas because they're so far ahead of everybody else. Now, I can say that four years in the future now, but back then I knew it was an original idea and I knew that I wasn't going to be copying from anyone, that I was going to have to pave this way and figure out how to make it work. And the idea originally was to build a website or an interactive platform where we could highlight people that were winning 
um, kind of like imagine a YouTube mixed, mixed with like a social media. So we would go and visit athletes, models, uh, business owners that were succeeding, film them, capture their day in the life, put that on a platform where everyday people could watch and get inspiration from and see, well, I get that you have a good company, but kind of like this now podcasts have really blown up, but how are you actually making it happen visually? How can I watch videos of you talking about what you do on a day-to-day basis? How, are, how have you gotten to be a professional athlete? How have you started, you know, 50 franchises, all these different things we wanted to capture and bring to a platform so that viewers could come and subscribe and check it out. I still think it's a great idea. It doesn't really exist. Now, the thing with websites and apps is that they cost a lot of money. I didn't have any money to start building this. So I built the company off of pure friendship and selling a dream. Now, because I knew the website was going to have to get pushed back because we didn't have money and I didn't have thousands of dollars to build out this platform, I did. I found something that would pay me immediately. Uh, I come up, we wanted it to be some sort of marketing promotional thing. So I started attaching the I come up name to college parties where I went to college just so I can make some money, man, to stay afloat. Like anything that would be in some sort of my lane of marketing and promotion that I can get involved with. We did some college parties um, and made a few thousand bucks to keep me afloat. I took a $600 loan from my sister. And over that five, six month span, April, now going into September, 2015, that whole time when we were doing the parties and stuff and getting people on our social medias and leveraging, you know, their audience to get to our platform and our Instagram and our Snapchat, I built up an Instagram page to 10,000 followers within about four months. Wow. Not even just collaborating, right? Just collaborating. Hey, so-and-so, I know you have a bigger following than me. Totally get it. But I'd love to get you on my platform. I'm going to shout you out. I'm going to get you on my Snapchat. I'm going to get you on my Instagram. Let's collaborate. Doing that got us about 10,000 followers. Very short amount of time. September 2015, I got a text from somebody who was in network marketing with me and said, hey, can you grow my Instagram page the same way you grew it? I said, yup, 50 bucks a month. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was August, September of 2015. And now, you know, from $50 a month, we just upgraded our first client to 100,000 a year. So it's transformed into a full-scale digital marketing company at this point. But yeah, you know, in the beginning, it's like, it's not about what you want. It's about what everyone else wants and how you can be selfish enough to survive. Because if you're working a job, if you're doing all these things and you're trying to build a business, it's not going to work, man. You got to be all in on building that business. Mm. You have to be, but you got to figure out how you can make it last. And to make it last, you need some money. So we did the college party thing. So you did the college party thing. You got things moving. You had this idea you just started taking action. All of a sudden you had this, oh, like, oh my God moment when someone was willing to pay you for this. The Eureka moment, it goes off. You're like, oh, holy crap. We, we just figured out how to do this. And next thing you know, you're just working 24 seven around the clock, growing people's, people's pages. And then you get a few happy customers. They start referring their friends. Was that referral process very quick or was that something that you oh, had to dude. kind of fine tune? Everything that we we do to this date, we make so fast for people. Like, I'm always ready. That's the thing. Like the obsession in the always readiness of sometimes Saturday nights, just sitting at my phone waiting for something to happen. 
you're just present and active and waiting at all moments. And it sounds ridiculous because it's true. The last four years, I literally sit here on weekends, rarely do anything. I'm waiting, dude. I'm, I'm starting conversations. I'm connecting with people all the time. And when I'm not, I'm still mentally present on if someone were to call me or text me right this second, I can respond within a minute. Since day one, because of that speediness, people have been like, dude, you got you to gotta get with him. So it's that customer service. Yeah. Well, it's just, yeah. And it's just being present because how can you beat everybody else? You know, you just got to be faster. They know you're all in. If it's like, they're going to take a shot on you. They want to know you're the best of the best and you're willing to do whatever it takes. Exactly. And to this day, I've never made one cold call. So, and I know like cold calling works and all that, but the whole business has been built off word of mouth referrals and uh, like outreach through social media and ads. Has the ads play been a game changer for you? Or did you, is it just more like extra? Yeah, the ads I just do like so more people can see me. And then I know once they're following me or like in the funnel, like they'll, they'll come out of the woodworks if it's a month or a year or whatever. We have people that'll be like, dude, I've been following you for a year. You know, I wanted to reach out. So like circling back, if you could have looked at that time between the parties, the first customer and maybe your first say 50 customers, what is like the one thing you would have done, you know, April, 2015, if you could have went back, that would have just accelerated that process. When I was starting, cause there was nothing in April, I guess like in September, like when I did get that first client and here's the thing, like no matter what you do, you need to build audiences. So I knew the more people that would come to my page, the more opportunity I would just have for anything. Like not even maybe for what my idea was, but if I built an Instagram page and got followers from all these different people to my page and I was building something cool that maybe someone would DM me and bring me into their company or bring, you never know, right? Yeah, yeah, I like that. So um, I think really when when we got our first client, what I would have done differently is I would have trusted way less people and I would have been way less giving in the start. You hinder people when you try and over reward them. And I made that mistake for like two and a half years straight. And it almost lost me the company like over and over and over again. Interesting. So you had to kind of circle back and your natural instinct to, to help and be there as much as possible to, to survive. A hundred percent. Because when you're starting something and you want to grow it and look for help and get more people involved in the beginning, you're very, very vulnerable and open. You're going to share every idea and tell them everything you're doing and you have no documentation and it's just kind of like a wild west, right? Right. So when you bring someone in and you tell them the idea and you know, they want to work for you or with you and you tell them everything and you're going to give them, you know, a bunch of commissions and you're going to do this and you're going to do that. Yeah. It hindered me for a while. Not money, not money wise, but mentally. Nadia Melton said this to me. She goes, money flows where eyes go. And if you can build that audience, so many awesome things can happen. I found it just even with this podcast, since we started this podcast, so much crazy opportunities and people have come into my life. It's just been such a blessing. Yeah. And it's almost like for anyone out there that's looking to take that first step into getting out there, building that audience, you don't necessarily need to hit a home run and be you know, like Cody and build a, a, a fan group of say 10,000 people. You just need to start reaching out and putting yep. yourself out there for success because you never know what's going to happen. Now you're working with cl- like massive, massive clients. Dude, you know what I would have done in April if I were to do it differently? I would have been way more open. 
like in an alternate world, right? I think like when you're starting a business, the odds of it actually turning in for like to what it is today, dude, it's like, it's so like, yeah, like I don't even know why this happened for me, you know, like to, I don't know. And I think that not everyone is going to be able to necessarily just hit that spark because the first idea they had or fifth idea is going to just blow up. I would find someone in that space winning and it's our fault, man. The entrepreneur space fault because we've downplayed people working jobs and working for other people. We've downplayed it so much. The industry, the entrepreneurship industry, I think downplays people working jobs and working for other people. And I was that guy for the first few years in entrepreneurship that said, F a job, F that, F this. They don't know anything. And dude, I'll tell you what, like I was wrong. And working a job and working with people or a team or a company that is in the space you want to be in, it's probably the best thing that you could do. Because the, the less ego you can have involved, the more successful you'll be. Because people winning, they don't want to work with people that have egos, man. True. And when, and when you're the entrepreneur making 30, 40, 50 grand a year and, and you think working a job is stupid, there's people out there making jobs, making 10, 15, 20 times more than you, Right. So that was another breakthrough is like, that's, I guess what I would have done different if things went differently. I would have looked for someone in the marketing space and tried to get as close with them as possible. Yeah. It's cool in the traditional business realm. You made a lot of really good points there. No one wants to follow some egotistical douchebag, you know, right? It's like your boss, cool. You're making 30, 40 grand a month. I'm out here making say 50 grand a year as an employee of you. I feel like you really got to go through some serious humbling and be prepared to even take on that responsibility because it's very easy to put people the wrong way and get in your own head. I feel like the ego is what destroys so much good things. Oh, 100%. So it's almost like you need to take that level of being, working for a job, working for a company, understanding that process. Because even if one day you want to start a traditional business, I mean, obviously there's huge intersections between traditional business and network marketing, as we know. But like in a traditional business, it's a whole new ball game. You can have ego in network marketing and still make it. But like, if you're going to run a traditional business, there ain't no, you, it's everybody's got to believe in the founder as much as the founder believes in himself. Yeah. You're a servant to everybody. You are the main employee. Literally you're everyone's employee as the owner of a business, you know? And the second that you're the big business owner, you're the big entrepreneur. That's when it gets hard. Yeah. So. Paul, Paul Kesser, Kesserwani of Cushion, they just closed the a huge, huge seed round for their company. It's like a financial bot app that goes in and saves you money based on like the fees and your credit cards and stuff. He explained it as you're basically a glorified janitor as a CEO. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Cleaning up everyone's mess. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) And it's interesting to think because those, those things evolve over time. But I feel like one thing that I've heard commonly is the ability not to get burned out, right? And sometimes these habits, especially in the beginning, you might easily get burned out because, hey, you're stressed out. You're trying to make your bills. Like you back in the day, you're trying to just make a few dollars, trying to build this dream. You're eating ramen noodles, whatever it is. You're just like freaking out. You're, you're the only one believing in yourself. No one else is believing in you. But at the same time, looking back, you're like, ah, it all makes sense now. Yeah. What, what, have you developed sort of like somewhat of a daily method of operations or or certain things that you need to do each day to have a mental clarity? Yeah, I'm pretty simple, man. Like the last four years I wake up, um, I've never like, the one thing I need to get better with is like waking up really, really early. 
Cause the times that I do wake up at like 6am, I'm like, wow, the day feels so much longer. So I know to this day, I, I need to wake up earlier. That's the one thing that I would really, that I like, I know I need to be doing as far as daily routines. I mean, I'm pretty simple. I wake up some mornings, like my favorite thing to do is just to drive and get a coffee. Like just get out, get out into the world for a second, go get a coffee, spend an hour in the morning. Um, just change your, change, change your environment. Yeah. Like change the environment. Think, um, you know, maybe bring someone who works with me or like Jeremy or someone so we can just shoot the shit and talk about things that we should talk about outside of the office. Mm -hmm. Because again, another mistake I made was just saying, you know, too much things in front of everyone. And there's, you know, as an owner or as a boss or whatever you want to call it, there's some things that you just shouldn't say in front of everybody for their own good, right? Because right. your negativity can carry throughout your entire team and actually hurt you. Or your openness, uh, like your, your transparency, it'll make you very vulnerable you know, and through mistake and mistake and mistake and mistake, you know, you learn, okay, I shouldn't do that. So yeah, I mean, I wake up, man, get coffee. And then I just, I'm just ready. Like, I don't know. I, there's no specific thing. I'm not like Tony Robbins. I don't like jump in the cold plunge at 5am. And <laughs> I think I need to get better at like getting that concrete schedule. And I think that comes with just be, you know, getting more busy and more things to do. You have to refine your schedule and you know, get an exact thing. But yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm ready to work. Sometimes, you know, most of the time I work from the office. Sometimes I'll just work from home. Like if I feel like I'm not in a good state of mind, I'm not going to come into the office. Cause again, why would I want to bring that energy to everybody else? True. And there's a, I liked what you said, you know, some things you just shouldn't say to other people in direct sales. It's like, there's a big rule, you know, you cry up, you don't cry down. You know, there's no reason to start a upsetness to your, your quote unquote downline because you're just going to create an issue that you don't need to be created. So yep. it's like, those are some like just rookie moves that you've, you just learn as you go, I feel like, you know? Yeah, and it's hard to learn because most people don't take the advice because it's just human nature to, to just let it out, you know? Yeah, it's even hard. It's, it's hard. that's the other thing too. You could get the best advice ever. Like everyone listening to this podcast right now, you could be like, ah, oh, okay. You could put on your your glasses and your you know your monk suit and be like, I. Then like twenty minutes later, you'll forget it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then you'll find yourself like, shit. Be like, I that's exactly. Yep. Now I get it. <laughs> Sometimes we just gotta learn and fail forward and fail fast. And I think it's amazing how quickly things change in the sense that you could do that you could f up so royally these days and no one cares in a week from now oh yeah i mean the marketplace we're in is i see so much opportunity and at the same time that i just see so much ingenuine bullshit going on and it aggravates me and again i try and just stay out of it because the moment i try and go in and critique or put that energy there. I'm taking away from what I should be doing. The world is very noisy these days, man. The internet's very noisy. The entrepreneurship space is very small. Everyone's trying to do what everyone else is doing. The opportunity lies within you coming up with something original. There are a million personal trainers trying to sell meal plans. There are a million people that have ripped off and duplicated our exact products and services that were once clients of mine. Now, what I did in the past is focus on those people and hate and wonder, oh, this and that. And I'd say about a year ago, I'm just like, you know what? Okay, let's go. 
it's, it's a game now. It's a sports game. It's like, no, I'm winning the finals. You know, right. like I'm going to get to the championship. Not looking from the sidelines, hating. It's like, okay, if you want to play like that, well, then I'm going to jam it right in your face. You know, welcome to the league. And that's kind of the mentality that it's playful, man. It's playful. It's business, as people would say, you know? It's an abundance mentality, too. I feel exactly. like that, that's what kills so many people. It's like, again, it goes back to the ego. It's like if you just are so ticked off because so-and-so made this much extra money than you and it just drives you insane because everything's in our minds versus being like, yo, abundance. We're a speck of dust in the big scheme of things. There's so much income out there. Let it go. Everyone exactly. get your own. As long as we're getting ours, you can get yours. But at the end of the day, we're all pushing each other. And that's the other thing. Your competition is in a weird way psychologically pushing you to go farther. And for that, it's almost like you should thank them. I mean, dude, why do people love sports? It's like one of the most viewed things in the world because it's competitive. It's not like I'm going out and I'm trying to like murder you and kill you. It's like, no, let's get on the court. Let's play. And whoever wins is the winner and that's it. And then we leave it out there, you know? So there's people in this space, people that, that I mentioned, like I just said, that were clients of ours that are doing what we do now. Dude, offline, off everything. I'm, I'm cool with them. I'm friends with them. But when it comes to business, I'm not their friend. Do you have like a certain clearly defined goal for say the next three to five years or where you'd like to see yourself going? Does yeah, I try and about a lot. I try and break it down like at most a year. So like the furthest I'll plan is a year. Because um, once like past year comes in, I'm like, oh God, that's just beyond my radar screen. You know, there's so many things that I just three years ago wouldn't know that would happen, you know, now three years later. But, uh, you know, I guess looking back, I guess that that might not be true either because I have a, I have a note from Vima that said, I will live in Lamborghini. I will live in Miami and drive a Lamborghini. And that was from 2014, five years ago, still have that note. And now that's reality. But I write my goals every single week. Uh, I write 10 goals. I have I've had this same format for like three, four years now. This is the, this, okay. When you were asking what my like habit is or what my daily go-to thing is, for sure. I write out this exact chart every single week by hand. Cause when you have to sit down on a Saturday morning, when our new pay cycle starts, the first thing I do on Saturday mornings, get coffee, go out, get back home. I rewrite this entire chart. It takes me about 30 minutes. I get out a ruler. I'm making sure it's perfectly straight. I'm writing down all the leads from the week before that I didn't close. I'm writing down my 10 goals. Like here's one. Uh, let me pull up a good week so that, yeah, this is a good week. So here we go. I write my income chart. I'm tracking my income daily, what it equals to on the week. I write in pen what my goals are, like what I want to hit. So I want to hit $42,000 a week in income. That's in pen. I break it down by day. So every day I need to make $6,000, which equivalents to X amount in sales over here because commissions, right? So I have to do X amount of sales to get commissions. Um, and then I just break it down. Like this week, the goal was 42,000. I made a little less than 30,000 last week. So, and I've had that target for a while. I don't switch the target. I just keep filling the target up until I hit it then I hit it, then I hit it, and then I raise the target again. This side is just all leads. So the second I talk to someone, the second I get someone's phone number, I don't care if they're qualified or not, their name is going down, what package I think they would go on, and what date 
I think that they'll close. That, this book, this book has made me, has generated millions of dollars. Like hands down, because I track every single little movement, it's made me a lot. And it's helped me so much. And if you don't fill out that book, I bet part of you is just like, whoa, 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 you're so, everywhere. like your, your whole attitude will change. Like you'll be the it's most- It's my Bible. <laughs> I'm, it literally goes with me everywhere. Like I don't go anywhere without this because the second I communicate with someone, pen is in here in this book strapped, I write their name down immediately because I'll forget. True. I don't have an assistant to write it down and email. No, dude, I'm writing it down with a piece of pen in my notebook that I look at 10, 20 times a day. So you're a visual person in the sense that for you to, you know, you, you don't, do you like CRMs? Are you big with the CRM? Uh, we just built one. I think it's great for like the management side of things and the team. I'm very like, I'm very old school in my mind of how I operate best. Like I keep a spreadsheet just so that I know when people's payments are going through and all that. But when I write things down for me, that's the most powerful. Right. For me to track when I write it down, that's the most powerful. It's kind of like, it's like that. I'm like Pablo Escobar's right-hand man walking around with the books all day long, like smoking the cigarette, just like writing down the number. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo. But no, the, the, the writing, man, like I think it's overrated. Like everyone wants the CRMs and the fancy, fancy shit. And uh, I'll give people this exact layout and they don't last more than, a, more than a week or two. They can't even write. Like if you can't write... How can you ever do anything more than writing is like the most basic concept for humans to do pen, paper, and then people want to go and build companies literally like you won't write something down, but you want to go build a million dollar company. Damn. Yeah. Organization is the biggest thing that everyone always hears the fortunes and the follow up. And that's where most everything is killed. People take nose aggressively in the sense that no means never, which really no means not now. And if you can create a system that you're actually following up with people five to seven times, 10 times down the road, they, the whole thing is what 90% of sales are made between the seventh and 10th follow-up. Oh you know, yeah. That's ridiculous. If you can become a, a legend at being a follow-upper, then you're going to crush it in whatever business you're doing, whatever you're selling. You have to understand that there's just, you learn something every single time. You got to just master your craft. You can sell anything. And then what are your, oh, yeah. what's your thought when people say, oh, but I'm not a salesperson. I hate you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. You'll never make a lot of money. That's my immediate thought. Like, okay, keep telling yourself that. Yeah. Why don't you tell yourself you're a loser too and that you're never going to get anything you want in life and that you're going to be a failure. It's like when people say things like that, like, okay, well then why don't you just say everything else that goes along with it? You're a loser. You're not a winner. You're going to fail. Would you say that to yourself? Well, no, no. It's like, okay, then why are you saying that you're not good at sales? It's just, it's just a negative affirmation. Like it could be anything that they're saying. Yeah. That, that. But yeah, I mean, immediately if, if it was just, yeah, oh, I'm not good at sales. It's like, you probably won't make a lot of money then. True. I just think that in, in general. You be paid so much, man, to do certain tasks. True. I think everyone's a salesperson, no matter who you are. And if you're not, you just sold yourself on not being a salesperson. I mean, you yep. sell your spouse on going to watch a movie with you every time. And it's like, ding, ding, ding. It's like, you just, anything you like, you sell. You like that movie, you sell your friend on seeing that movie with you. Like the Grant Cardone thing. He's like, everyone's a salesman. Yeah, yeah. And I, I agree with that too. I think it's what punches people in the head though, is when you're like, I like being very upfront and just direct. Like, well, you're not a salesperson. Okay. Do you want to be broke? 
which can rub people the wrong way, but at the very least they'll walk away and they won't forget that conversation. True. And you found that that probably saves you a lot of time than sugarcoating stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, the skin, the skin is thick and it's like, listen, I have my business cap on right now. We're talking about money. We're talking about transacting business services. Everyone gets a little emotional when you're talking about money, when you're talking about sales, when you're talking about closing deals. So you have to keep it so dry and have your little twist in there, like dry, but with your twist of like, eh, I'm making it fun. Eh. <laughs> yeah. If you don't Sometimes. do this, you're going to be out of job on the street in 60 days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah, yes. Life, life is a bitch and we got to, we got to hustle. We got to make moves, but it takes leaders to guide the ship. Right. And if you don't have leadership, the whole thing falls apart. And it starts with the CEO of any company and people look up to you and you're always growing, always improving. And now that you've gotten to where you're at, it's, how old are you? 24. And how, many, how much sales has I come up done cumulatively? Uh, probably, yeah, about 5 million. Boom. It's like, wow. Yeah. Now picture where you could be at 27 or 30 years old. You yeah. just think differently because you realize like, shit, if Cody can do this, anyone can probably do this. Not take, talking badly about yourself, but just being real, right? No, 100%. No one is special. I don't have any special talents or skills or anything. I just try and outwork everyone. Like smartly though, right? Because again, there's, there's people that, there's things people do for work where it's just like, dude, that's not, that's not going to make you more successful, (laughs) which again, it's just who you're listening to. Cause there's so many gurus, so many courses, so many mentors, so many coaches that you should just find one or two, two max, like two people max that are doing what you want to get better at. For me, it was Grant Cardone. I wanted to really get good at sales. That's really all I followed. Like religiously, I've only really bought his programs. Um, you know, now between real estate and buying his programs, over $400,000 I've spent with him, but it's generated about 5 million, right? So directly and indirectly. Personal development is, is next level and just and upgrading your life. And it gives us purpose and makes us feel. Do you think that your network is probably your, your most valuable asset? hundred percent. Yeah. I've spent a lot of money on just getting around better people. Cause it's so rare. Like you want to get around good people. You want to be positive. You want to be around people that are winning, dude. None of them are playing shit for free. Like, because who plays in the free space, negativity, people at a lower level that aren't committed, you know, all these different things. It's like, no, the people that are playing, they want to only be around other players. It's like a country club. How can you pull a seat up to that table? You got to pay for it, man. Woman, girl, boy, dad, husband, lady, spouse, you have to pay for it. Like there is no way around it. The people that try to finesse or to do the lower ticket or, well, I'll just do the bigger one next time. You know, it's like, no, do the best that you can do right now to give yourself a little bit more responsibility, get a little uncomfortable. So when you go to that event or that table or whatever, you have to show up. Like my main focus is going to events. Uh, I went to GrowthCon. I spent almost 20,000 for two tickets to get around people that I know have money, that I know are successful. My main intention there is to network and close more deals. That's it. Network, close more deals. 
we did over a hundred thousand in revenue just from that event. If I had not spent that money on those tickets, we would have done nowhere near that. That's a huge paradigm shift for everyone listening. Investing in yourself, people can't fathom the concept of buying a course because they don't see the return or going to an event because they don't see the return. But it's really just like you said, getting through those connections that one person can change everything for you. For you, it could attract a whole host of clients you've never even seen before. And now, because your clients are so tiered, like you said, you had a $100,000 client, who knows? Now you could get a $500,000 client. And those are yeah. out there. It's like fishing, yeah. right? You like to fish? Yeah, you are. like fishermen? No, but I know what you're talking about. They are out there. They are definitely out there. But you just got to you you climb that staircase, you know, and just respect like, and know where you're at on that staircase. Don't get your ego involved. If you're in a business that can only sell to people in a certain state, Dude, I wouldn't spend 20 grand to go to an event with people from all over the country. I'd spend 20 grand on sponsoring the biggest event in my space or whatever it is so that the intent was to not go and learn because you can learn online for free pretty much these days, but to get around people, get around people, stop trying to consume and learn everything and just get around people. Another huge shift. Everyone wants to spend money and and be so educational and know everything. And it's like, no, go places where you can sell your products and services. Spend your money where you're going to get money back, not just learn because knowledge is money and power. And I get Ty Lopez knowledge and reading and all this, but dude, don't let it fool you. Ty Lopez is one of the best marketers on the planet and he spends probably a million dollars a month on his advertising. That's nuts. Which again, Gary V, Grant, Grant is the most transparent with what he spends. Tony Robbins, Ty, all these guys that we get all this advice from, dude, they give you everything besides their fucking PL sheet. They give you everything that you should and supposed to be doing besides how much money they're actually spending to get their name out there. None of them show you how much money they're spending to get their name out there. They just want to show you, oh, do this, wake up and shower and, and go in a cold plunge at 5 a.m. And people get so caught up and lost in these habitual things rather than what they're actually doing. And that's creating noise, creating movements, partnering, connecting with the right people and spending a shitload of money to get their name out there. And they get that analysis paralysis where they're hearing all this information and rather than taking action, they're just always in learn mode, learn mode, learn mode. And it's yep. like, dude, the best people that make it are the ones that just take action. You know this in direct sales, the top earners are all the people that are just going out there talking to everyone and they freaking know. You know 100%. what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean like, and the top earners are the guys like, I just recently joined another network marketing company, not for money, but for the connections. Because you just get to a point where you realize that it's not about the money. It's about who you can just surround yourself with. And the money will come if you surround yourself with the people in your space that you should be getting around. And what's it take? Doing business with them. You want to do business with somebody? Do business with them. Send yeah. them a gift, buy, buy their program, buy their training course, buy a, the best ticket to their event. And I promise you, they will notice you. True. That's what I've done with a lot of people and it works really well. <laughs> I love that. So Cody, if you could, uh, this is something that's like a, like a huge staple and it kind of does a little self-reflection, but you know, if you could go back in time and the 24 year old you could talk to say the 19 year old version of you back during the, the, the network marketing days. And you could have just said, listen, homie, I got like three to five minutes, bro. Listen, like this is you. You're not tripping. You might be, but just listen. And you could have told yourself one to three things 
that could have saved you a ton of time, money, and just overall headache. Are there some certain things that come into play that you would probably tell yourself? Yeah, I'll try. I'll, I'll come up with three things. One would be to not be afraid to just spend money on getting your name known by more people, like period. I don't know exactly what that means for you because there's so many different markets and industries, but whatever people need to know who you are for you to win, you need to put money there, like all of your money if you're broke. You need to, and, and then get your education from YouTube because it's free and you can get a lot of good stuff on YouTube. Two, I would be way less eager to trust people and be very transparent with them. Like people in my inner circle and team. I did this for two and a half years and kept wondering why. Why do these people keep coming in? They learn everything, they do really well and then they leave and try to steal my idea and copy what I'm doing. Because I was too vulnerable. I was letting people sleep in my room. I was, I was giving up my entire life to try and grow this business rather than focusing on, wait a second, they need to earn it just like I did. Three is you need to focus on yourself more than anybody else. We tried to explode our company and grow it so big and get a bunch of salespeople and affiliates. Like I said, I, I opened up my bedroom to somebody. I put another bed in there. We stacked our apartment with six, seven people. We were trying to blow it up, being so open and vulnerable and this and that. And over this last year, we've gotten rid of 95% of our team and we focused on bringing in the revenue from three people, three main salespeople, one of them, me. Our revenue has literally from 2018 quarter one to 2019 quarter one, almost tripled. We almost tripled in a year in that change. But it took me a year to understand why are we, why are we kind of playing like why are, we, why are we flattening? Like, why are we doing this? And it's because I was looking for people to come in to blow it up for me or blow it up with me instead of just being the Kobe Bryant, dude. Like, you gotta be the Kobe of your team, of your company, whether you own it, you work in it, you just started working there. Like, try and become the best player in the entire organization. And if the organization you're in doesn't like that because I was in a company that didn't like that, Dude, get out of it and find, find an organization that wants you to input ideas and strategies and come to the table with exact things that you think should be changed or should be altered or should be done and go out and prove your success with what you're doing, not posting on your Instagram. Yo, we about to make some big moves. Yo, we about to do this. It's like, no, just do it and you will start to level yourself up. So just go inwards. Like I went inwards very heavily again this last year my income, everything has just skyrocketed. That's amazing. Spend 90% of your time with the people, that, no, yeah, spend 90% of your time with the top 10% of income earners in your organization. I think that's oh, yeah. like the golden rule. Oh yeah. And if there's only three and one of them is you, well then 33% of that 90% is spent with just you. You get what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, so, huge. Cut the slack. Cut the stuff. Your attention is everything. You only have so much time. Don't invest in the people that aren't showing the investment is paying off. Find your warriors. Find your studs. And if you're in a company, like just be the winner. Like be the MVP of that team. Like Steph Curry ain't the CEO of the of the freaking uh, Warriors, dude. Kevin Durant ain't the CEO owner. They are the best players on the team, arguably in the NBA, and they get paid pretty damn well for being that best player. You don't always have to be the guy. Like just, just because the title is cool and because social media has amplified all of the CEO and owner 
it's not always about that. It's like, no, how can I become the MVP of the best team? Cause I know that team's already, already making money. I know that team's already winning. Why don't I just go in and humble myself and be the MVP of that team? That is where everybody's losing right now. Everyone losing in the space has the ego. They don't want to become a part of another team. They'd rather copy or steal the idea or try and force something and do it themselves. And I think, dude, maybe a half of 1% of, of people are truly an entrepreneur, business owner. That's just me being real. So I know a lot of people are looking and watching stuff and trying to come up with their own business. We do events here. We have people come in. They want to start their own thing. And Gary Vee says, it. he's like, you guys aren't entrepreneurs. It's fine. Like, it's not as cool as it sounds. You can still get freedom. You can still travel wherever you want. You can still do everything you want to do by being the MVP. That's a powerful message. It's our job to like try and reform this, the image that, you know, our generation has created because people get real messed up over this stuff, dude. Emotionally, mentally, financially, like it runs some people down. Nervous breakdowns. Yes. It's all good. Damn, those are some solid advice right there. I love what you're talking about. Be the Kobe Bryant of your team. You don't need to be the founder. You don't need to be the one that starts it from the beginning. You just need to become the best freaking player on your team and get to the point where you become so valuable they can't, they can't mistake you. They can't not reward you because you are <laughs> such a huge piece. Become someone that's irreplaceable and then learn the system because if you don't know the systems yet, you're not ready to do the next step or you might be ready but the fact is, is that even if you're not, things just aren't going to work out if you don't know, if you don't have skin in the game, if you haven't prepped, if you haven't done the layups, if you haven't done the shots, like get unreal, get so good that when you do go live, like Cody did, like you crush from day one. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate Instead of that. having to go through that learning curve and that stress that probably took like, I don't know, three years of your life off of you during those four or five months where you're just trying to get some money. Yeah. Dude, what's your, why can I not find you on Instagram here? I'm trying to tag you. Oh, it's Len Jones, L-E-N-J-O-N-E-S-S, Len Jones. What's, up? What's the Jones? Oh, the Jones. The Jones, is like, the, jo- <laughs> the Jones is like an alter ego. And the I, think there's, I think there's something really powerful about giving yourself an alter ego and being able to name yourself. Plus, I just think it's hilarious to this so, day. So is that your podcasting like online name? Oh, yeah. Len Jones, party of two. <laughs> Because there's two of you. Yeah. There's have, you ever th- seen, have you ever seen Me, Myself, and Irene? I have not. Okay. That is a Jim Carrey movie, and he, he's a schizophrenic, and he has two personalities. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you're schizophrenic, but yeah. I don't think it's schizophrenia, but at the same time, if you follow the Jones, you understand what it's all about. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, well, sometimes you just got to have a good time, and that's what we're all about. At the end of the day... I'm a happy human and I can share myself more that way. And it's, yeah, it's just so many good vibes, <laughs> you know, my face. Like, yeah, you're about to get deep in the Jones, man. The Jones keeps it. it real, man. We, we got, we got moves to make. We got people to help. And for me, nothing is more valuable. Like when I look at just my income and my standard of living, it's great. Like my life is so good right now. Like it's amazing. Obviously I want to elevate to like, financially. I want to, you know, do those things. But in terms of like standard of living, like it's only fractionally going to get better at this point in my life. Like I have a sick life. And I think sometimes we have to understand that what really brings us happiness. And for me, it's surrounding myself and having conversations like you 
and having people that are making moves and just wholeness, like real people that are just taking control of their lives and making those things happen. Because for me, dude, I've always talked down to myself. I think everyone has. We why, always, why, do you think, why do you think you did that? Because you just create this illusion in your mind that other people have some sort of superpower and that's how they got to where they are. I, mean, I don't do this anymore and my life's changed tremendously, but I just used to talk down on myself hardcore. Like, why would people follow you or why would people listen to you or why would- What's your opinion? Why does yeah, it- yeah. yeah, why does your video matter? Like, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized there's so much people less qualified and less talented than you and I are that are making 10X more of a lifestyle than we are. And that's like, and the other thing is happiness, like trying to figure out happiness. Because like Gary Vee always talks about, it. he's like, oh, I, got, I got friends that make $50,000 a year and they're happy, right? But it's like, most people aren't happy right? Like most people just aren't happy. We're always trying to become a better person that we never just soak in the sun and just be happy. Tomorrow could literally be our last day. We are human. Being human is really fucked up because so much crazy stuff can happen at any time. Someone can get a crazy disease. Tomorrow might be your last day of even walking. And that's not to scare people, but that's just to feel human, feel emotion, be present, be excited. I'm just going off on a tangent, but it's good stuff. It's energy. It's just lifestyle. It's living. Everyone listening to this podcast, I hope it's more than just a, like a podcast here. I hope it's more of a message that, you know, we got to remind ourselves that there's things out there worth pushing for. And then when you find that, that your Friday night essence, who you're really meant to be, like for me, dude, I, I'm obsessed with fish. Like, like I have a, I want to get a 400, 500 gallon saltwater aquarium in my house one day. Like that's like my goals, right? Like what are yours? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, <laughs> what are your goals huh <laughs> jesus so, so cody real quick right before you go man is there any advice you'd have to that person right now that's right on the cusp of jumping into entrepreneurship for the first time maybe they have a great job and they're making great money but they just feel yeah stuck. just stop listening to everyone besides like one or two people that are like at the top of that industry that's it i mean that's like the most simple advice you could give Stop following people on social media, posting about everything and all this that they're doing and everything's so awesome and they're living the laptop lifestyle and all they do is travel and it's all so short-lived and they're chasing fulfillment. You need to follow the people at the top of whatever industry you're in, figure out who it is and just follow them and then try and get as close as possible to them as you can. Cody, how can people follow the journey of I Come Up? How can people reach out to you if they want to hear more? You can't follow me. Um, my account is actually private and I'm not accepting any new followers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put it in the chat too. It is Cody Kearns five is my Instagram name. That's my best social platform for sure. Beautiful. All right. Till next time, man. If you're ever out in LA, Santa Monica, homie. Oh, we'll be out there this summer, man. And we're going to do an event. All right. Sounds good, man. Till next time. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you Thanks for again. listening to another episode of Len Jones party of two. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes. And remember, hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves. Till next time, peace.